Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Is This Making Sense? Dialogues on the Pursuit of Balance, Wisdom, Leadership, and Everything in Between. My name is Eric Johnson. I'm here with Seth Gray, and today we will be talking about failure. We're going to be talking about uh, just the various failures we've had in our lives, uh, what we've learned from it, and uh, everything that we can try to grow to go forward. So uh, do you have any times in which you've just utterly failed? So I do that every day. Um, but in preparing for this, I was trying to think of one that really, really stung. And, and in, in, the do, in doing so, I, even in the, in the preparing, I realized what I learned from it, not knowing I really even learned that. And so uh, when I was in college, I worked at Office Depot. I was selling computers and whatnot at Office Depot. I made like what was like $8 an hour. It was not great money. I got commissions, but I only got commissions on the sale of warranties. And so, and then I found out, uh, that w- the, our warranties weren't all that great. And so I stopped selling them. So I stopped getting commissions and they also stopped really liking me at office depot. So anyways, I needed extra money. And this guy one day came in, uh, named Bob and he asked me if I would do some computer work. And so I started doing some work from him and realized how lucrative it was. And so then I started like shilling my, my services at office depot on the side. And it was, it was very, very fruitful. And then I met this woman named Amel, uh, who was a, uh, a musician, dancer, uh, artist. She was all these th- sort of things. So she had all this content on her computer that she wanted to make sure was safe, but her computer was all messed up. And so I needed to do a, just a full restore. So that was where I made a lot of money because I, I could charge like $250 because it took me a long time, uh, but it was super easy. And so I did a full restore of her computer, got, took all of her, her files off, put a new operating system on, refreshed the whole thing, put them back on, and I had them all on the desktop. Well, when you redo a computer, it puts a bunch of other junk on the desktop. And so I like it to be really, really clean. And so I was selecting all the different things that are on the desktop that were junk and trash. And then I pushed shift, delete, enter, and they were all gone. But what I didn't know is that one of the things that accidentally had clicked were all of her files. Every single thing that she had from her old computer, I clicked and shift deleted. Just everything. Everything. You'll never forget that little keyboard function for the yeah. rest of your life. It took me a minute to realize what had happened, but then when I realized that, I mean, I started sweating. I started being like itchy. My stomach was hurting. I, I knew it. I knew it. It was all gone. You just deleted her, all of her video, audio files, everything she had. Her entire library was gone. She had no other copies. Oh my goodness. It was awful. It was awful. That's utter failure. It was a complete utter failure. Uh, and then it's the point where you're just regretting ever taking that job or de- regretting ever doing side work, regretting your whole existence. Cause like I'm a peacekeeper. I don't want to hurt anybody. And, and you'd been doing all this side hustle computer work. And then did you just stop after this? You're like, just like, uh, I cannot ruin anybody else's life. So yes, before I get to that. So I'll sum up by saying what I did was I bought this hundred dollar software that was like data recovery software. It took 36 hours to run it. <laughs> and when it was done, I got back like 20% of her content. Wow. 20%. And I had to put my tail between my legs, go back to her and tell her what had happened. And she was incredibly gracious with me because she had like hard, like physical hard copies of some of the pictures and stuff like that. But she was really, really gracious. And we're still, I mean, we're not friends anymore, but we're friends on Facebook. And so I watch her and she's since then amassed tons and tons of more stuff, but doesn't change that. I I killed a bunch of her content. It's terrible. (laughs) You'll never forget the name Amel. Amel Tafsut. And she's a wonderful, amazing, sweet lady. <laughs> uh, and, I, and I was so thankful. And she still was trying to pay me. I was like, no, no, no. I lost $100 on that job because I bought that software, the data recovery stuff. So it was terrible. And yes, it scared me away from doing jobs like that for a long time. But inevitably, I needed money. And so I started to do it again. But what changed... Uh, is I started slowing down. I, I moved away from shift delete. So if you don't know, if you on, on Windows at least, 
if you just push delete, it'll go to the recycle bin. If you push shift delete, it skips the recycle bin. So I've stopped shift deleting altogether uh, because had I just put it in the recycle bin, I would have quickly realized that before I emptied the recycle bin, then it's fully gone. And so ultimately it's taught me to slow down. Um, but little did I know that I would end up having a career in videography, digital videography, where everything you do in digital video is a file. And so when you finish shooting, you have this tons and tons of footage that you have to go through and, and back up and, and transfer to other places. There's actually a full career of it. It's called a DIT. Like on a film set, you have a DIT, a digital information technician, I think it's what's called. And they're in charge of all the footage. So when you're talking about a movie like Star Wars or any of these blockbuster Avenger movies, somebody's in charge of that footage. And ultimately, that's an incredibly important thing because you can talk about the, the cost of that shoot, you know, whatever that movie cost, that hard drive is worth that. So when you're dealing with all those ones and zeros, you got to be super careful. So not that I've been doing that in my career, but I was a videographer for eight years. I handled tons and tons and tons and petabytes of footage, honestly. And some of it was, you know, if I would have lost, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. But some of it was priceless. Some of these interviews that we'll, we do, you know, like it was a once once in a lifetime interview that we got these two people in the room and the way that they 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 had this magic on set like it was great so like you're dealing with priceless footage and because of that failure when i was in college it i have yet to lose one bite of data in my professional career which has been great but it came out of this horrible stomach emptying uh shift delete failure that i had in college that's wild that's wild that's the irony of everything coming full circle with you and amel now to your your current job you know, the thing about failure is that um, the failure is only as good as the recovery story. The failure, you know, uh, when, when you fail at things, it's only as good as what you learn from it, what you can eventually, you know, be able to tell later about that failure. Um, and when I, when I first think about failure, I think about the greatest basketball player that ever played from the University of North Carolina, Michael Jordan. And he said this, he said, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games, 26 times. I've been trusted to take the game winning shot and missed. I failed over and over and over again in my life. And that's why I succeed. Mm. And I think about Michael Jordan and, and the infamous, he got cut from his high school basketball team. And everybody loves that story. But I think the only reason people love that story is because he went on to continue to be successful. I mean, if we don't learn from our failures and we don't grow from them, then the failure is just, it's pointless. And, and that's the key about, you know, when we hear these stories that are inspirational about people who have failed over and over and then they became successful, it's, on, it, it's a two-part thing. The story of failure is only as great if we learn from it and we share what we learn from it and we keep moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. It, it I, I, I'm wondering for me, like I'm, I'm obsessed with the Enneagram. And so on the Enneagram, I'm a nine, I'm, I'm a one, which is a, is a perfectionist, but there are nine different types of people. And I wonder if different people handle it better than others. So, but for me, uh, failure is really difficult because it's like, it's like one of my biggest fears. I don't want, I don't want to fail and I don't want to be seen failing. Cause like, I'm just terrified of getting things wrong. Um, so it, this, this, this is an area for me that I definitely need to grow. Cause, um, I think in my mind, I'm not really allowed to fail. 
And that's a dumb thing to think because failure, uh, failure is, is, is basically the opportunity for growth. Um, so I think one of the, one of the quotes that I heard getting ready for this is Henry Ford said the you know, the creator of the model T slash the brand of Ford failure is simply the opportunity to begin again, this time more intelligently. And so I, I, I need to look at things that way. Uh, cause ultimately I, I get terminal. It's like, if it, if it fails, it's like, well, that's just over. I'm done. I'm failed. You know, I'm not any good. And that, that is a terrible thing to think. And I think about all these folks, whether it's Elon Musk, Michael Jordan, Thomas Edison, or Henry Ford, you know, we, we hear the great stories of how they, they failed in a major way than how they overcame or they, what they learned from it. But I, I want to, I wish I could be a fly on the wall and go back in time and see when they were first failing when no one else was around Mm -hmm. because failure brings out perseverance Mm -hmm. and, um, no one will be perfect. And, you know, as you've talked about before that you, you are a bit of a perfectionist and that, you know, going back to what you just said now is that you're afraid of failing because of, of what it does to you. Um, but these people that we look at as great inspirations, they failed over and over when no one else was watching. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, uh, encouraging to me. It, it is definitely encouraging to me. Um, I went to, I went to Global Leadership Summit like two years ago, and it seemed like their whole premise was on failure. And I learned a lot throughout that because you're looking at these people who are just epic. I mean, you're looking at, well, in, in my world, at least I think they're epic. They're these, you know, these giant leaders, global leaders of organizations. Uh, and they're talking about all these different times in which they fail. Like, man, if, the, if they're failing, I should certainly be failing. And I make the claim that if you're not failing, you're probably not pushing yourself hard enough. And that has been a challenge for me because I don't, this will sound prideful, but maybe it sounds dumb. I'm not sure what it sounds like, but I don't fail professionally all that often, which makes me think I'm probably not pushing it hard enough. I'm probably not trying enough things. And I think about failure, the way in which I see there's two categories for it. There's the professional failure and then the personal failure. Um, and I think we probably fail more often in personal mm-hmm. ways. Uh, for me, uh, the things that sting for me when I've failed before is when maybe I've been working and, or, or wherever, and I've been sharing something with somebody and I say, I'm sharing but the reality is, is that I was gossiping and then right on the outside of the office or wherever the room, the person I was just talking about walks in and I was probably speaking loud enough for them to hear what I was saying as they're walking in. And it's just this, Oh my goodness. I just, I just blew it with gossip and I just failed on, on a, such a personal level, which an aside on that, like professionally, I, one of my goals is, and maybe this is not realistic, but I really try not to say anything about anyone that I wouldn't say to their face. Uh, maybe I haven't said it to their face, but at least I would. And that's, that's a hard thing to do, especially if when you're trying to get a point across or, or you know, I don't know, it's something's in, in flux at this point, but yeah, it, it's, that's an area that I definitely try to uh, be careful with. Cause I don't, yeah, I don't want to get caught that way. That's, that's the worst. That's the worst. It is the worst. One way in which I uh, failed one time I was doing an internship in 2004 is my first ever real, like big internship deal. It wasn't just like a summer job. And I came down to Atlanta, uh, Georgia. I'm from Norfolk, Virginia. And I came down and I was doing this internship at Growing Leaders and we had a board member there and uh, he just seemed like this real sharp guy. And I just reached out to him and I said, hey, I'd love to take you to Starbucks one morning. Can we get together? And he said, sure. And he was super busy. I mean, this guy, he was super busy and he, he's doing really well for himself. And I just completely failed. We were supposed to meet at 630 in the morning at a Starbucks and 
everything about it just failed. I, I did not charge my phone up the night before. So on my way to meet the guy, my, my phone died. Uh, I did not print out directions for the actual Starbucks. So this was before GPS on your phone. You know, this was, I had this a flip phone. Oh yeah. I map quest. I didn't map. I did not print out the map quest directions. I winged it. I thought I knew where I was going. Um, I would, I didn't even get up on time. I mean, there was just from the very beginning, I was failing over and over. I was going to run 10 minutes late, even if I knew exactly where I was going. Long story short, two hours later, I get back to the office. We never met. And I walk into my my little office area where I was interning that summer. I see the blinking light voicemail. Listen, hey, Seth, this is, you know, and the gentleman's name. And uh, he says, uh, give me a call. So I call him and I'm thinking, okay, whew, he's, he's having pretty calm on the uh, voicemail. So I call him and I said, hi, you know, Mr. Hill, I'm so sorry about what happened. And he said, Seth, let me tell you. And then for the next five minutes, he just laid into me. It was one of those ones where I just literally had my phone to my ear, put my head on the table and just let him, and he just, he just went off on me. I just failed utterly. And, but I needed to hear, and I needed to have him get upset with me to let me know, yeah, I failed. Because sometimes, um, we'll get into this in another, another topic um, about criticism, but sometimes uh, we, we give so much grace and we give so much uh, forgiveness to people, but sometimes we, we need to give people the hard truth. Mm-hmm. And man, I'll never forget that. That was probably my biggest takeaway that summer and in that internship was I, I failed dr- miserably and he let me know it and I'll never forget it. And I'll learn from it. Um, what practical ways did you see yourself actually learning from it? Um, be prepared. You know, if someone, if you've asked someone to, to take time out of their day, you got to respect them. You got to be prepared. You got to, um, you know, take it serious. You can't just wing things. And when I wing things, uh, just winging it, man, I, I'm most likely I fail. Uh, it's only because I've gotten by escape, escaped by before in the past that has allowed that, you know, wing it mentality to, uh, you know, continue to live on. So that's why I encourage anybody intern, 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 you will learn so much because you will be failing over and over in that internship mm-hmm. and you're doing it on someone else's dime. So mm-hmm. <laughs> go for it. Let me ask you this. And I don't want to get too far into this topic, but the way that he, you said he gave it to you, he reamed you out. Um, had the, had the tables been flipped now, you know, you're, you're in his position and you've got an intern, you, you're the, you know, with your new mindset or whatever, how would you have handled it? Compared to how he handled it. I don't think I would have handled it the exact same way because that's something where we'll talk about later is this, you know, confronting criticism. How do you do it? This was this guy's personality. Like I knew that about him going into it. That's why I was so fearful getting back to my office and listening (laughs) to that voicemail because I knew he, you know, he had already said, you know, this is who I am. Yeah, I, I know people that are, you know, I, I've seen people, not to keep going back to the Enneagram, but they, they start to identify with a number and then they let that be an excuse. Well, I'm, well, I'm, I'm an eight, I'm a driver. This is just who I am. You've got to deal with this. Like, no, that's not, you know, every, every number can be healthy. Everybody can be healthy. Everybody can be, can be kind anyway. So yeah, I don't really. Um, so um, two, I, I was looking back at my creed and I actually have two creed statements that, um, that revolve around failure. Um, that both of them came out of that Global Leadership Summit. One of them, um, don't fear, don't fear failure it's inevitable and it's ultimately your strength and so i have to remind myself that like when something goes wrong it's like you know what 
what am I going to learn from this? I, I have two choices. I can let this kind of derail me and keep me from moving forward. Or I can say, okay, what am I going to learn from this? I can put my pride aside and, and make some changes and, and move forward. I can analyze and I can adjust. So that's one thing I'm really trying to do. And the other one is this, and I, I like this language around it, cherish mistakes. Don't waste them. And then also put, write them down. Because oftentimes you can, you can forget. It's like little, little mistakes, you can forget them. And so I, I actually have a part in my notebook where I write down my mistakes. So I just go back and review them. Like, oh yeah, there was that thing. I need to not do that. So cherish your mistakes. Don't waste them. I think you're bringing up a great point because there's like a, there's a uh, levels of failure. You know, there's these little things mm-hmm. that you can do. There's you're in marriage. You can have a little failure here with like you were, you know, Kurt with your wife in the morning or something. Um, and then there's the professional failures and then, you know, how you handled a meeting wasn't the best. So like the writing down, I get that, but the bigger failures, they're, they're what sting. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're the things that we remember because they sting so much. Mm -hmm. And when I think about why is failure so important, um, for me, this is how I view why, why is those stinging moments that I'll never forget so important because it brings humility into my life. Yeah. I can get arrogant and cocky and think I knew it all, especially, you know, when I was in college and I was doing an internship, you know, I thought, you know, Oh, organizations need to run this way. I read this book and this is how they need to do it. And this is the future. And man, failure, it brings humility into your life. And uh, that humility allows you to see the blind spots in our life. Yeah. Uh, because we think we've got it together. We've, we think we do it that internship. And this is why I I promote internships to anybody because an organization allows you to do something that's like serious real world, but within a, you know, almost contained environment. Also in that same internship, I was in part of, uh, I was in charge of like promoting a conference that we were doing. We were doing two conferences. So it was my first time ever sending out mass emails after three days of sending out hundreds of emails each day I get a phone call hey uh got your email about the conference yeah hey I just want to let you know you spelled Atlanta wrong Mm. (laughs) I was like oh and I'd send out like personally hundreds of mass emails from our like organizational uh you know conference link or uh email um address and it was just so embarrassing yeah I, I look back at some of my failures, both personal and professional, and realize the theme in them. Um, and I, and I, I encourage you to do the same thing. If you if you've got a, if you if you start listing down some of the, some of your failures, see if there is a theme. So for me, the theme in my failures is often that I'm moving too quickly, mm. or that I'm not, or that I'm talking I'm talking too early. I'm either moving too quickly or talking too early. So like with the with the hard drive issue, I was just in a rush to get her desktop cleaned off. I was rushing. And that is gone. You can't get that back. Another failure I was thinking about is one of my first uh, first big shoots uh, with our organization, video shoot, uh, that I didn't have like a supervisor. I was I got sent to California by myself or with another co-shooter. And it was our first big one not to have like, you know, our boss with us that, you know, has done thousands of these. And, you know, we're moving really fast. We're chasing the sun, this sort of thing, trying to make sure we get it all in. And long story short, we had two cameras on this interview, a two shot of the two people and then a single camera. Well, we didn't have enough people to run audio, both cameras, and and ask the question. So we had to leave one camera unmanned. Well, I forgot to double check that it was in focus. And it was a big, like high profile shoot. And I, I blew the focus on it, ultimately because I was moving too fast. And, um, I, and, and my boss, my boss's boss at this time is a guy named John. Um, he handled it really well with me. He, he, he gave it to me, which I deserve. But he also said, 
Eric, you will never make this mistake again. He's like, I've made this mistake. We've made mistakes like this, but I, but I want you to know, don't be scared of this. You will never make this mistake again. And he was right. I, and I've blown a little bit of, you know, when you're a shooter and you shoot lots of content, you're going to lose focus sometimes, but I've never made a mistake like that again. And I always hear him in my head reminding me of that. So all that to say, there, there are threads within my failures, ultimately, that I'm moving too fast or that I'm talking too much. And so I need to be always mindful when I'm in one of these areas that I feel like I'm going too fast. You know what? Just slow down. That's one of my creed statements. Slow down and then listen more, speak less. So just constant reminders and, and for, for me for that, because that is where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run into problems. And I think about that fail. When you do fail, what do you do? When you fail, what do you do? And for me, I, I, my way to go about it is be quick to admit it because there's nothing worse than not admitting when you failed. Yeah. You can't get better. You can't get better that way. No, no, no. For, for the way I look at it is when you failed, address the elephant in the room. It helps you. It helps your team. It helps your family. Just, just admit it because you're not fooling anybody. Everybody knows you've made a mistake. So be quick to admit it, address the elephant in the room. And then when I fail, don't blame. That's the yeah, thing I have to critical. remember all the time is that's that critical. don't blame others. Don't blame someone, someone else or something or some factor. Point the finger at yourself first. Yeah. Just be quick to just not blame others and just admit it. Yeah. Um, and that helps me because there's been times where I've literally walked around a bit paranoid because I've made a mistake and I haven't addressed it. And I just walk around thinking everybody's like, oh, there's Seth. He, he messed up with that. Because I didn't admit it. I didn't address the elephant in the room. Because when you admit a failure, especially if you're working in a team, it helps your team say, how can we learn from this? How can we go forward? And it helps them admit their mistakes. As a leader, as a person that's in charge of other people, it's the most important that you deal with these things the best because everything that you do trickles down. I saw somebody use an example from Sean McVay last year. Uh, He's the coach of the Los Angeles Rams. When they lost the Super Bowl, he was the first one to say, I just got out coached. I just got out coached and you watch that trickle down to all the other players as they get, as they saw their coach handling it that way, that selfless way, selfless way, taking, uh, you know, taking the burden on themselves, taking ownership and you watch them say, Oh, you know what? Our defensive line, we just didn't, we just didn't, we didn't play well enough. It's, it's on me. And you watch that trickle down. So, but it, the, the, the opposite is if Sean McSay said, you know what? Our, our offensive line just let us down today. I told them and they just let us down. And then it would have been a, it would have been the blame game. And that does not, that's not good for your culture. So when, you know, you have this big break, uh, after after those conferences, before you have preseason, you have all this time. You know, just I think the way he handled that and taking that ownership probably had a great impact on their culture over you know getting ready for the next season. So I I, I think it's very very important if you have people underneath you that you that you that you're handling things things well because it, it trickles down. One other quote you're talking about um, being honest with yourself. Here's a quote I found when kind of uh, prepping for this it says uh, everyone has weaknesses, but with self reflection they can be turned into strengths here's the important part. Being honest with yourself is the first major step that you can take towards personal evolution. If you're not honest with yourself, you can't get better. You can't address your, 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 your areas of issue. If you can't even see them, if you can't be honest with yourself with them. So just, if you want to get better, let's just be honest and you're not perfect. It's okay to have these faults, but you, but that's the first step in fixing them. Yeah. The one thing that I was thinking about as well is, uh, for me, when it comes to failure and humility and, and be, be honest with yourself is, is to embrace a challenge. Don't, don't run away from it, you know, push yourself even further. Um, I think I like, I like what you said earlier when you said, if you're not failing, you're not pushing yourself far enough. Yeah. And 
when you're pushing yourself is you're, you're becoming uncomfortable. So embrace the challenge. What's the girl from Spanx, Blakely? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's her first name? Sarah Blakely. Sarah Blakely. So I heard a podcast that she did with uh, Guy Raz. This how how I how I how I built this, and she said when she was a kid around the dinner table, her dad would always ask the, her family, "What did you fail at today?" But that was such an interesting question. And so as as an as a as a as a kid, it was always okay to fail, and so that pushed her and pushed her. Now she's the CEO of Spanx, which is you know giant organization. Because and but in her process, she failed and failed and failed and failed. But that was okay because it was part of her language, it was part of her experience that it was okay. That was that was welcome. I thought that was really cool. I think a lot of people don't push themselves and don't want to become un- uncomfortable because they don't want to fail because they'll see other people succeeding and th- and this is just a reminder for me maybe uh and, and hopefully this makes sense when you see someone else succeeding where you failed don't be a hater yeah be an encourager yeah. uh i social media is a great way to break you of hating because there's so many people out there and they're showing you what they're doing and how they're succeeding you know what don't hate you know, encourage them. Be be proud of them, especially if you know them. And learn from it, it too, and learn from it. Yeah. yeah. So I want to close with one last question for you. Um, how do we know when to call it a failure and when to keep pushing? Like, what what's the line between quitting too early and being wise and pushing forward? Like, how how, how do you think you you said that? The way I look at it, it's the gradual failure. How how do you how do you learn? And I think for for me, it's it's always taking stock you know sometimes we just keep on doing something over and over and we're not very self-aware so it 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 goes back to just when you're in the car reviewing your day reviewing whatever it is and realizing okay this isn't working out why is it not working out is it and and reflecting on that because if you reflect on that often enough then you'll realize am i failing or am i just giving up yeah i was reading uh colonel sanders that guy from kfc he was rejected by a thousand and nine restaurants before one accepted his his offer and his recipes. I've got to be honest. If, if he was my friend or my neighbor and was looking for advice, I would have told him to quit at like at the thirtieth rejection. A thousand and nine, and then he becomes you know this giant global conglomerate. It's it, I, I I I think I think personally I quit too early. So I think it, for me I always need to be pushing further. But I don't know. It, it isn't interesting because you read these stories like. Colonel Sanders, Steve Jobs, uh, Henry Ford. There's so many people that like they push, f- they they failed for so long, but they they somehow knew that they were going to make it. So there there's an interesting line there. Oh yeah, when I hear about all the when I look at, at a band, music groups, uh, documentaries, and it's like how they were together forever, and then you know before they made it big, and I don't know where that line is, and I don't think anybody can tell you except you, yeah. because everybody was telling as you just gave in that uh, example right there, that Colonel Sanders. Uh, example everybody was telling him give up but for whatever reason it was in him it was who he was is what he was passionate about I think that also helps you is if you're pursuing something you keep on failing at it you'll give up if it's not who you are and you'll give up if it's not what you're willing to just lay it all on the line for yeah, yeah. Um, so my takeaways for this conversation is embrace the challenge don't blame be humble as you said slow down and then cherish your mistakes, cherish your mistakes, welcome failure. It should be something that we, sh- it should be part of our life. Uh, it shouldn't be something that is, you know, this rarity that we're avoiding at all costs. It should be something that we welcome and something that we learn and grow from. And we'll remember it for the future. So thanks for listening to this conversation on the topic of failure. We hope it made some sense.